welcome to episode 24 of the Sunday Conversation podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. I'm Aaron. Across the table from me, that's Ben. Benny, how was your week, buddy? Uh, week's, week's great. Moving all about the country, but not really moving all about the country, just moving all about Wyoming. How was, uh, how was Yellowstone? Uh, it was, it was uh, pretty cool, man. Definitely can't stand the uh, the Torons, the uh, tourist morons. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, just shit ton of bison. Tried to spot some wolves, kind of, kind of saw them. Well, like saw them through some dude's scope, but like, yeah, you know, I, I won't call that like a a sighting, you know. Did you um did you guys see the Milky Way? It's supposed to be pretty in in view out there right now. Um it was it was raining last night, so no, but today is a whole new story. Yeah, cuz it's been I, bluebird I, skies all day. I think the Parasite meteor shower is going on at the same time too. Yeah, so what's that like is that all the aliens coming in? Yeah, right. No, it's the aliens sending their junk to space the same way like we have all our junk floating around the planet. It's them throwing their junk at us to see if they can uh, see if they can take us out once and for all. Um, dude, is that a thing? Do we do we inject space with trash or is that just? Oh, bro. Google Google it. No, there's like live like live video maps. I mean, they're not live video, but they're like live um animations of all the junk around <laughs> floating around um earth it's crazy dude it's crazy it makes you wonder how they can even like get rockets out of the atmosphere without hitting shit on the way through or back in it's it's crazy how much shit we've just left up there i mean think about it like all all the rocket boosters that have just that fall off and then just orbit around the earth all the dead satellites I mean, America is obviously not the only country that has satellites. So, like, there's all these fucking dead satellites up there that are whatever, Indian, Russian, Chinese. Um, that's that's what humans do, bro. They just leave their junk everywhere. It's so beautiful, man. The best the best is, uh, like, being out here and going on, like, hikes and on trails is when you see someone take the time – to pick their dog shit up, put it in the doggy bag, and then just leave it on the trail. Leave the bag, dude. It's <laughs> it's it's why like, and I know people people may not like love this, but like when I when I got Sasha as a or when Sasha was a puppy, I trained her to go poop only in the woods for that reason, so I'd never have to pick it up, you know, because who's gonna complain about like you know dog poop out in the woods? Now, obviously, that we live in a city, that's not really an option all the time. So you know, I have doggy bags now, but I always throw them away. But it's like always been my thing is like doggy bags are like single use plastics. And like, you know, if you pick up your dog's poop every day, that's three bags a day. You're just, you're just chucking away. I mean, nobody likes to look at dog poop, but it will wash away eventually. Um, It was like a business idea I had was making like biodegradable um, doggy bags, but I don't, I don't, or like compostable doggy bags. The problem is I don't think dog poop has any like nutritional value for soil. Um, I had a guy uh, yell at me the other day. I was, I was eating lunch in my car at work and I got out and I was finishing a banana. And so I just threw the banana down in like the grass next to one of my stores. 
and this guy's walking by and he's like, pick up your trash. And I was like, it's biodegradable. <laughs> oh man. That's and I gave him best. a lesson on composting and you know, how the potassium and the banana peels are good for the soil and all that shit. And, you know, just helping people. That's all. Hey, doing your part. I really like that. Doing my part, doing my part. So there was, there's actually something I wanted to kind of talk about my, um, my last, my Instagram post from last weekend, which was that, um, like spray paint tag, uh, up in East rock that said it gets better. Um, so that's like spray painted all around new Haven, like all over the place. There's a, there's a, um, a post office box up the street for me. That's got a spray painted on it. Um, I see stickers with it all over. I have no idea who like does it or what, but it's funny because it's always had like this, like interesting, like connection for me when I like three months after I'd moved down here and I, my, my ex-girlfriend and I had just broken up and like my financial situation was in fucking shambles. Like everything was a fucking mess at that point. I had like lived down here for like three months. I thought I was going to have to move out like after three months. Cause like I had fucking no money. I had like negative money in my bank account. My fucking credit cards were maxed out and shit. And I used to always see it um, tagged on this like electrical box, like half a block from my apartment. So I'd always walk by it like almost every day and I'd always see, it. and it was just like this like reminder that like it gets better. Like, you know, like even when it's the shittiest, like it gets better. And so then, you know, shortly thereafter, I started working part-time at a liquor, you know, like 20 hours a week extra at a liquor store. So I was working like 60, 65 hours a week, kind of get myself back into good financial standing. Six months after that, you know, things started to kind of get better. So now when I see it, it's like this like great reminder that like, it really does get better. Like you got to be willing to put in the work and, 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 you know, make some effort. But like, even when you're down the most, it gets better. I don't know. I just wanted to kind of bring that up and talk about it a little bit because we've been kind of negative the last couple episodes. I mean, we've been real, but we've been a little negative. You know what I mean? Yeah. And hey, you know what they say, the truth hurts, you know? So it's like, if we've been negative, it's not like we've been negative in like a, um, a way that we're just like pessimistic and all that i guess we're we're just stating facts you know or or what's going on and then you know from there just like you know whether it's like just helping people open their minds and and see what's like going on truly in the world or or whatever whether it's you know bettering your lifestyle, making better lifestyle choices. Like there's negative in what we talk about, but I mean, I think for the most part, our whole, our whole shtick this whole time has been, you know, trying to, like you said, well, not like you said, but better ourselves and it gets better. It kind of goes hand in hand, you know, it's like we've, we've, we've made choices through this pandemic, you know, there's going to be a lot of people, unfortunately, that probably won't come out of this very good, you know, like, sure. And it's, it's not their fault, I guess, you know, it's the fact that we've shut down the American economy. Um, you know, 
businesses have closed, you know, it's like a lot of shit's happened. And, uh, you know, there was a couple ways to go about it. And I, I feel like, you know, we definitely were adamant about bettering ourselves through the coronavirus the whole time, you know? Yeah. So. Um, it's, it's, there's a great, I think I may have even mentioned on the podcast before, but there's a great little snippet in the big short that says, the truth is like poetry and most people fucking hate poetry. Um, but no, I mean, you're right. And I mean, honestly, I think there's a lot of people who aren't either truthful with themselves or like truthful with their friends because it's hard to be like, it's hard to be honest with yourself, you know, like it's hard to like, you know, use an example of like weight for instance, right? Like if you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, you know, overweight and you say, Oh, well, you know, I work, I'm so busy, you know, I don't have time, you know, I, I don't, whatever the, the multitude of excuses there are for not like, you know, being in shape and like, you know, while, while that may be true, like, but you're not being real with yourself and you're not holding yourself accountable. And like, that's the thing about like the majority of successful people is they hold themselves accountable and they're like willing to look at themselves like introspectively and be like, this is what I need to work on. This is what I'm not good at. Just an aside real quick before I, I let you respond to that. Um, just uh, again, to the person who, you know, said we don't know anything about investing. Uh, my, my Robinhood portfolio is up 104% in the last three months. And uh, I'm now up 17% for the year. So I don't know if that's good, but I think it is. Anyways. I'm no expert on, on numbers, but uh, if I crunch them, those seem to be good ones. Uh, no, dude, that's, hey, that's what it's about. It's like, here, here you were, you know, in a time where, you know, a couple, there was a couple weeks there when, you know, you're an all, what, all commission salesperson. Yep, 100%. Couple, couple weeks that, like, you were like, you know, you were like, well, shit, dude, I'm not getting a huge paycheck this week. Right. And then, you know, during that whole time, you were you were compensating very, very nicely um, by by doing a little research and using your brain and uh, not being an idiot. Um, very, very good, Aaron. Very good. Rep, multiple revenue streams. I'll never forget before the Sunday conversation was ever recorded in spoken word. Yeah, I was walking around East Rock Park. It was maybe February. You and I were chatting. And one of the things we were talking about was multiple revenue streams, right? And I was like, you know, I was like, I have obviously my job. At the time I was bartending. Um, I had my 401ks. And so I was like, I've got three revenue streams, you know, I need to get a fourth. And like, you and I were talking about like different ideas. You and I were talking about, you know, your like business of selling on eBay and so like through coronavirus, like I lost bartending, I haven't bartended since March, but I replaced it with my personally managed money in Robinhood and, you know, no offense to the bar, but I've made more money doing that. Um, so like, I mean, it's all, all kudos to you. And I don't mean to like tug you off here on the podcast and make it sound like we're just going to like, you know pump each other's tires the whole time but it's true you know like since you and i started talking every sunday and now you know friday nights like 
that I think has been one of the biggest things in keeping moving forward because like, you know, I know talking to you that you're going to hold me accountable and you're not going to like, you know, block me on Instagram or anything, but you know, you're going to hold me accountable when we talk. And, and so like, it's been, it's been fucking great. So, Hey, thanks buddy. You, you've, you've helped me advance my life in the last six months and I appreciate you for it. Hey, right, right back at you, man. Uh, seriously, but, uh, it's crazy. Like, uh, I haven't really been, I, I've taken some time off, you know, cause we finished the big ass roof job and, um, not to like sound like a dick or anything, but I mean, every day I'm making money, dude. Uh, we, we've put our money in places, you know, it's like Bitcoin, Ethereum, I mean, I, I just laugh daily, really, because I can open up whatever app and, and just see, you know, where. And the thing is, is like, I guess I've, I've in the crypto space, I did, I guess I didn't really lose anything because I never sold. But, you know, I watched my, my crypto portfolio, like, become, I don't know, a tenth of the size. And, uh it was a tough pill to swallow, but I fucking believed in it the entire time. And here we are again. I think, uh, as we record ethers at like 440 bucks, Bitcoin's at like 11,800. So, um, which, which for perspective, like, I think when I, when I first, looked at ethereum it was like 17 dollars, and that was 2017 um and then and then when i eventually was like able to buy it i bought it like my average cost was like 180 bucks so you know you're talking obviously there was the big blow up in whatever year that was 2018 um and then it went you know all the way all the way back down but the thing about it now is that like the 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 like volatility, it's like less volatile. The swings aren't as ridiculous as they were, um, you know, whatever it was three years ago. Cause three years ago it'd go up $1,100 in 10 minutes and then come back down, you know, it'd be down 400 bucks in 10, 10 minutes later. It's fucking ridiculous. I'd have the old, you know, like $10,000 swing days. Like, Oh, what the fuck? But uh, like you briefly mentioned like, an episode or two ago, just talking about like the gut it takes. Holy shit, man. It, that, that is a real thing. Like being able to go through the volatility of what that was back then. Well, especially it because like, it, it wasn't, there was no acceptance yet, you know, like it hadn't been quite accepted as like something that was in the mainstream. Now, you know, we talked about it last week and, you know, there's Bitcoin ATMs popping up in gas stations in Connecticut. So like there is acceptance now, but back then there wasn't. Nope. And uh, Dave Portnoy, the uh, founder of Barstool Sports, just, just, did a uh, a post the other day and it said barstool and it had the bitcoin logo and it said like here we go or something so there's a there's a uh a guy with a hundred million dollars that's that's getting in more than that now now. you know and uh it just goes to show you if you had bought some way back when we told you i think it was like 
I, well, we didn't really tell you to buy it, but no, we kind of did. I bet when 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 we started this back, back, I don't even what was episode one. March eighth was episode one. I bet you Bitcoin was at like four grand. Yeah, five grand. Um. Yeah, and I that, mean, some somewhere around that. I can tell you. Now it's at a. Uh, basically 12 so yeah there's um, a thing and and not to keep like talking about investing because i i'm sure people are you know people are sick of hearing about it but no um, but at this point like what like if just say they had you know it's like had invested when we started talking about investing on, Mar- like, on march 8th bitcoin was 7900 but it went down after that. So on March 20th, or March 12th, it was down to 5,600. So that week it was down to, we did our investing episode was episode two, no, three. Three. So that would have been 15, 22nd, March 22nd. Uh, so it was 6,500 on March 22nd. And now it's almost 12 grand. Yeah. So, I mean, if you like doubling your money, I don't know, maybe listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. Hey, Penn is up even more. Penn National. I know, dude. Ten dollars a share since last week. You know, could have chipped in another ten bucks a share there. Um. But oh lord. I mean, there's honestly, there's a lot of like luck involved. Like I, you know, there, there is. There just. But is, is it luck? Is it luck or is it, is it reading off the masses? Like at this point, dude. Like, a like I mean. Prime time, Deion Sanders just signed on with Barstool Sports. You right. know what I mean? It's like he chose he, he chose Barstool over like you know an NFL Network job. I mean, I told like, I told my my godfather and my and my dad, who I'm in a group text with, um, back on. Let me see if I can find the date. I texted them, or it's something something with. Oh, here it is. On May eighth, I said. Penn boys, the company that bought 30, 36% of Barcelona, they're going to be $100 a share in a year. And that was on May 8th. And here we are, August uh, 14th. It's at like 5260 or and something. It's, and it's halfway there. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's one, like, dude, say what you want. And I mean, we've talked about Barcelona a bunch on here. But, like, say what you want. I've been following it for 10 years. And I'm not, like, as avid or diehard of a barstool fan as I was back then, mainly because I have more stuff going on. I don't have time to sit around and read the blog all day, but there is this like feeling like as you follow them and watch them grow, it's like, like you feel like part of it almost, you know what I mean? Like you feel like this like weird, like connection to them. In a way you you are think of how many people you've sent, you know, if, if you have personally sent, you know, you know how you can like share the post on Instagram, yeah. like to someone like just say you've done that a hundred times, yeah. you know, over the course of however long, you know what I mean? Like you've been, you know, part of the movement, if you well, will. Not to mention I had a story uh, posted or published on Barstool as well. So I kind of worked for Barstool I didn't get paid for it, but, and it's no longer oh, on the website. Yeah, You're a pro bono guy. Everybody did I ever, that. did I ever send you that, that, cause you were, it was somewhat recent. Did I ever send you that? Uh, no. Didn't you send it to like Chief or something? Car, yeah, Barstool Carl, the Chicago guy. So they they used to do a series called uh, 
um, the Bookie yeah, Chronicles. Yeah, it and was, it was yes. it was it's, stories. It was stories like you know bad beats or you know whatever, all kinds of shit that goes with with gambling. You know specifically sports gambling for the most part. And uh, my and fuck it, I'll tell the story. When I was a real degenerate gambler, I'm reformed now, so it's not the same anymore. But well, now, uh, now, now you're a, de- a degenerate day trader. It's, it's yeah. Well, better. I'll tell you what, I'm doing way better at fucking trading than I ever did at sports gambling. But um, Sports are it, rigged. It was January 2nd, 2000 and either 17 or 16. Uh, it was uh, it was a bowl game. It was the Alamo Bowl. Alamo Bowl. TCU and Oregon were playing. TCU at the time had this great quarterback, Trevon Boinkin, but he had gotten suspended for the bowl game. And so Oregon was like seven-point favorites. And I always loved Oregon, loved the Ducks, loved their uniforms, like loved the style of game they played. So I was like, dude, they're going to fucking crush TCU because TCU had this great offense. But, you know, if you don't have your quarterback, you're not going to have that great of an offense. So I put – I don't know. I mean, in the blog I said I had a grand on the game, but I only said that because I knew, you know, they probably wouldn't publish it if it was just a couple hundred bucks. So I probably had like a couple – like maybe two, three hundred bucks on the game. And – uh I had Oregon minus seven. I had like Oregon like team over. I had all these fucking bets on Oregon. So that night we were at Jade, uh, Jade Welch's um, house for her birthday party. Uh, Cause Colby was home. Obviously our buddy Colby shout out the troops. Um, and so I wanted to see him and hang out with the boys. So I'm at this party watching this game and like Oregon smoking TCU. They're up 31, nothing at halftime. So as the game's going on, I'm not really paying as much attention anymore because I'm like, these bets are a fucking lock. There's no way I'm going to lose this now. So halftime comes around, and I'm like, you know, you can live bet. Like, you, the, there will be new lines for the second half and shit. So then I just start putting more money on the game. Like, And I had a credit limit of, like, $5,000. So, like, and I didn't have $5,000 if it got to that point. But I had a credit limit. And – uh so I started betting all these Oregon second half lines. Turns out Oregon's starting quarterback had gotten hurt at the end of the first half, and I just missed it because I was, you know, I was at a party and wasn't paying attention, and I had no idea. Then the second half starts, and they have this different quarterback on the field. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And he throws like a pick six, and like TCU goes on to score like seven straight possessions, ties the game up at 31 goes to overtime, ends up going to triple overtime. Oregon loses. I ended up losing like, I don't know, six, 700 bucks. And it's the worst beat I've ever had. Um, but that, anyways, I, I put that all into a story and email Carl and it got published. And he was like, that's a top five write-up I've ever gotten, by the way. So if you've got more, send more. But, you know, I, that was the worst one I ever had. Yeah, dude, I think my – my my biggest gambling beats have come on a high limit baccarat table with my dear friend Trevor. Um, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks Trev. But uh, hey, oh happy uh, birthday, Trev! By the way, it was yeah, actually, yesterday. yeah, happy birthday. See, look at that. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, if you play with big money though, you can win big money. Dude, that, that's, that's like the that's the problem. Because when you're like when you're a degenerate gambler and you start playing with big money and then you start to hit for big money, it's hard to go back to little money. Like, you know, I gambled last football season and thankfully, like at this point in my life, I'm in good enough financial standing where I can 
you know, if I so choose, I'm not gambling anymore. I'm reformed, but I'm in recovery. But, you know, when you're like a degenerate and you start, you move your, you know, units as we call them from say $20 to $50 or $50 to $100, like it's, there's no going back. You don't go back because then you hit, you know, you'll hit one for whatever, 25 bucks. And you're like, well, who cares? You know, it's 25 bucks. Fuck it. That's nothing. You know, and so you up your units and you up your units. Next thing you know, you're sucking dick for, you know, crack rocks under a bridge. And you're like, <laughs> how did we get here? You know? Oh man. Yeah. We were in Lake Tahoe and, uh, shit. We played the same high limit Baccarat table every single day. And, uh, I mean, minimum bets a hundred bucks and, we weren't playing minimum bets. Um, so it adds up quick. Uh, but, you know, when you're playing I, with the house, if, if you were losing, <laughs> losing, why didn't you fucking change something up, bro? You should know better than that. Come on, you're a hockey guy. You got to have some superstition in you. Because if you just go at different hours of the day, you think you're changing yeah, the something ju- the up. Yeah, the juju's different, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is like, because there's that's like another like like aspect of being a degenerate gambler. It's like, you know, say, um, say you know, whatever. Say the Carolina Panthers lose eight games in a row, right? You're like in your head, you're like, there's no way they can lose nine games in a row. The law of averages, they have to get one here. And like the law of averages is a fallacy. Like if you flip a coin a hundred times, logic says if 25 heads come up in a row, tails is due to come up, but it doesn't have to, it can be a hundred heads in a row. It doesn't have to come up. So like you as like, or you, the Royal, you as like a degenerate gambler, Sunday conversation, uh, patent copyright trademark. Um, you think in your head, like, okay, well, Carolina can't lose nine games in a row. I'm going to fucking bet the house on Carolina. Then what happens? Carolina loses nine games in a row. And you're like, fuck, I should have known. You know, the whole time you're sitting there like, I should have known. I knew better. Blah, 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 blah. Um, there, is, there is something so fucking masochistic about, about gambling, man. And, oh, and, yeah. And then, and, then when, and then when you're watching the screen in Baccarat, you can, it, it shows you everything that has happened. So yeah. it's like banker bankers won nine times in a row, you know what I mean? Same thing you just talked about. And you're like banker Play, can win ten pl- times in a row. <laughs> pl- players gonna win. Let's put a thousand dollars on this. Yeah. Oh shit, the banker won again. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. It's it's uh, crazy, man. But it's like it's like hu- it's human psychology. And then it's interesting. There is like this is like something I I learned in my behavioral economics book. Humans, it, it's so weird. Humans are less likely to gamble to win money than they are to gamble to not lose money. So I'll give you an example. They did like a study and they said, okay, so let's say you have $200 more than you have now, right? Option A, I either give you $100, no strings attached, that's it. Option B, you have a 50-50 chance of winning $200 or nothing, which you take. Obviously, you take the hundred dollars. You take the surefire thing, right? Like a hundred bird in the hands better than two in the bush. But when it comes to loss, let's say you have, let's say you have three hundred dollars more than you do now. Option A, you either have a guaranteed hundred dollar loss, or option B, 
you have a 50-50 chance of either losing $200 or losing $0. And a significantly higher portion of people said they would take the chance of 50-50, either $200 or no money. Even though in reality, if you just take the guaranteed loss, you have the exact same money as you do in the other equation. So it's like this weird human, it's called loss aversion. It's this weird thing where humans are so like averse to losing that they're willing to gamble to not lose as opposed to win. Aaron, that's funny that you told me that story because I recently saw a, I think it was on Instagram and it was just like a, it was like a story, like a, a story of an old man, just like, but just with pictures. And it was, um, so he had a watermelon stand mm-hmm. and he had one for $3 oh, yeah. or three or three for $10. Right. And some kid came up and, and bought three watermelons. Um, yeah. For nine bucks for nine bucks. And, uh, the kids like, well, like, haha. Um, you know, whatever. I, I just got three for $9. Like, you know, why would you do that? And then like the old man is like, well, because every time someone comes up to my cart, they leave with three watermelons or something. <laughs> and it's like, um, you know, you think you're, you're beating the system by a buck. And, you know, in reality, we know what, you know, it's like to have inventory on shelves and, you know, cash flow and all that. So it's like, it's, it's another, there's another interesting thing. I don't know why what you just said made me think of this, but it goes back to degenerate gambling. Cause I see a lot of people playing the lotto, obviously, cause I'm fucking, I'm in liquor stores. A lot of them have lotto machines and scratch offs and shit. And I notice people, especially with scratch offs, always scratch offs. Did you guys have, well, at the gas station, you had to have scratch offs, right? Uh, no, at, well, at the gas station, all this, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, at the gas station, not at the liquor store. Okay. But so the lottery is the biggest joke ever. Oh, totally. I'll let you get to you that may, in a second. Oh, all right, oh. yeah, yeah. So, so I can't tell you how many times in my life I've seen somebody come in with a scratch off and win whatever, 65 bucks, right? And they end up walking out with nothing but $65 more and more in more scratch off tickets. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? So they're always chasing. And then inevitably those 65 tickets are fucking losers. $65 worth of tickets are fucking losers. And then they leave with nothing. I saw, I watched a guy yesterday. I'm in a liquor store in New Haven, a bulletproof glass store. This dude hits for like 180 bucks on Kino or some shit. He fucking buys $70 more of fucking lottery tickets. He gives the kid next to him in line 40 bucks. He ended up walking out with a $20 bill. He won 180 bucks. He ended up walking out of the store with a $20 bill. I, was, I could not fucking believe it, man. Okay. I have, I have two stories. One, lottery is a tax on the poor. Totally. And it's unfortunate, but it's true. You know what I mean? You don't see a billionaire playing the lottery. It's like what you just said is exactly what happens. And it's also the same thing when someone wins a hundred million dollar jackpot. It's like they're broke within however many years. That's like a unknown thing. But like you just said, so in the gas stations down there, a big thing is these, they're um, 
slot machines. Oh, really? Literally slot machines in, in one of Trevor's gas stations. And um, so these people play all day long. All day long. They're putting in their ones, fives, tens, or twenties. Okay? Do you know what they win if they win? How much? No, no, no. Not any money. They get store credit. So they get store credit to the convenience store. No, check this out, okay? So one day, this guy, all right, and then in the store, okay, so in on the on the all the, the slot machines, it says um, what you can have. So no fuel, no tobacco, okay? So they can get anything in the convenience store. So they can get Dickie's Barbecue. Um, whatever they want, drinks, you name it. So this guy hits a jackpot for 300 bucks. Okay. He said, it's almost like kind of sad. It was like, Oh, it is sad. So it's totally sad. So he hits this jackpot for 300. And, uh, so we have to go get one of these big gray carts because we're going to have to wheel around the store and let him get three hundred dollars worth of merchandise okay dude he's like a whatever like a middle-aged white guy but like more our age um just worked his whatever job like construction job he's going home i'm wheeling this cart around trying to help him get three hundred dollars worth of stuff he couldn't do it dude my guy ron Okay, works behind the register, like just the funniest dude ever. This old, he's just this old black guy, and uh, he he's like trying to like, he's like, man, like you gotta get your stuff, you gotta get out, like you know, we got we gotta we gotta pick this up. So I'm like walking around the store with him, picking up twelve packs of Coke, twelve yeah. pack of Sprite. We're like, okay, you're at six bucks now, you know, just like two hundred ninety four dollars. <laughs> you know, he's getting like jack links beef jerky but he's getting like one or two and you can tell that like, like bro get dude, 30 <laughs> he, he doesn't even know what to do like with this 300 bucks we're like we're like what do you like to eat dude goes over to dickie's barbecue gets three racks of ribs okay that's only 60 bucks all right so now like i'm like and, and this is where i'm like Dude, I'm like selling them on phone chargers. I was like, oh, dude, like, you know, like, do you have this this charger that like, you know, can charge? He's like, no. I'm like, well, it's like it doesn't like, even fit my legit. phone. No, <laughs> no, no. Obviously, like, not like that. But like, goes around, gets some candy bars. Basically, dude, we get to two hundred and thirty dollars, and he's like, he's like, you you could just have it. I'm like, dude, I I don't need. It. Ron's like, I'll take it. So the guy's like, okay. So Ron ends up getting like 70 bucks, you know, whatever. And, uh, but yeah, dude, the guy, so it just, it's like, it blew my mind. You know what I mean? He could have like, whatever, 300 bucks. You could have got set yourself up. Like, but I guess if that's just like the lifestyle you live, it's like, I don't know. I don't even know why that, I mean, that's, like, that's ridiculous. It's it just like, it, it was just like complete bizarro world. 
You know what else works great for store credit? The cash you're putting into the fucking slot machine. Um, me, oh, meaning like... Meaning like you could just buy the shit with the slot, the cash you're putting in the slot machine instead of fucking putting it into the slot machine. Oh, yo, to, oh, dude, totally. Yes, yes, sorry. I, I misunderstood what you're saying there. That's all right. That's English what I mean. is tough. That, no, English is very hard. It's one of the harder languages, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, these like it's this, and it's the same people every day, and and like no offense, but they're there's like a, I guess like a nursing home type of thing, behind the store. Yeah. So it's like just these people that wheel over in their wheelchairs, um, that are massively obese. Did I tell the burger story? Because that's the best story of all time. I know, I know the burger story because you've told me before, but I don't think you told it on the podcast before. Should I? Yeah, go for it, man. Dude, this lady, Helen, like, let's call it what it is. She's like 400 pounds, okay? And uh, so... One day I'm at the store. It's like, uh, I got to think about this. It was like, a, it would have been a, a Monday, a Monday. Cause we're not open on Sundays and the whole, okay. So it's a Monday and I'm out, I'm like taking some trash out. So the liquor store is right next to the Dickie's barbecue, but the Dickie's barbecue also sells burgers and stuff. Um, I don't eat burgers, but they look unbelievable. So Helen comes rolling through one day and she gets six burgers. Dude, they're expensive burgers. It's like 60. It's like, yeah, it's like 60 bucks worth of burgers, 60, yeah. 66 bucks or something. So I'm taking the trash out on Monday and I see Helen rolling like from behind, like the old people home towards the store. And and I'm like 50 yards away from her. And she's like, is Trevor there? I'm like, whoa. Like, she's like, is Aaron there? I'm like, like, I didn't, I was like, so I start walking over to her. She's like, and uh, I get up to her and she's like, on Thursday, I came and I got six burgers and they were all raw. All of them were undercooked. I had to throw them all away. And I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, my jaw is on the floor. She's like, so I want to talk to Trevor or Aaron because I want a refund. And she's holding her receipt. And, I, and I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to handle this one, okay? She doesn't <laughs> need to talk to Trevor or Aaron. Um, I'm like, Helen, you got these burgers on Thursday? I'm like, it's Monday. I was like, there is no chance we're giving you a refund. Like, I am sorry. But, like, are you kidding me right now? She's like, I had to throw them all away. They were all undercooked. They were all raw. I was like, well, then, Helen, you should have brought them back on Thursday, and, and we could have taken care of it. But you can't throw something away in your own trash, a.k.a. your barrel your cheeseburger locker and then say that like it's on us so like i respect your efforts but not on my watch and like 
whatever. I, I mean, I must, I probably said it nicer than that, but I definitely was like, are you fucking kidding me? It's Monday. It's been five days since the burgers. Like, that's not how it works. But hey, it's America. The customer's always an asshole. <laughs> Dude, it's unbelievable. I, I got It's funny you should say that. I just had a situation yesterday with an account. And like, obviously, like the difference with like, with you guys is like, you know, she's a customer that comes in. If she takes her business elsewhere, it's not the end of the world, right? Like, oh, actually, me- no, no. Let me, let me pause you right there. The first, all right, so we open up the liquor store mm-hmm. on January, January 1st, is actually December 31st, 2018. She rolls in on J1 or whatever, J2, because, you know, close on New Year's. New Year's. And uh, she comes in, she's like, oh, looks nice. Starts, starts rolling around, looks at some of the prices. She's like, oh, it's, she's like, it's, specs is way cheaper down the street. And I go, well, you can roll your ass down the specs because that's two and a half miles away, lady. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You know, but yeah, so uh, go ahead. I, uh, so I had, I had an account yesterday and this account and I have had not issues in the past, but they just do whatever the fuck they want. Expect me to pay for it. Not, not with physical cash, but with samples or whatever. So they have they like keep a tab for every fucking salesperson of like what they perceive as their owed right and like i've long had like the thought that like if i fuck something up and it costs you money okay i'll take care of it in whatever that may be whatever you know whether it's a sample bottle i give you whatever it may be if i fuck it up i'm more than happy to take care of it i own my mistakes i'm more than happy to take care of it but i've long also had the experience the thought that if you fuck something up or if you decide to do something without asking me, like it's not on me. So she's like showing me my tab and she's like, Oh, I added this, by the way, I had a customer that bought a case of this, uh, this wine. And so I gave them a bottle for free and I said, okay. And she said, so you're going to give us a bottle, right? I said, no. She said, what do you mean? And I've been calling on these people for like five years. They're Korean, like from South Korea. Um, but I've been calling them for a long time. So I know them uh, well enough to be like, no, I'm not doing it. And she's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, I didn't tell you to do that. And she's like, no, I know. But we're like trying to take care of our customer and give them a good deal. And I said, okay, well, that comes out of your bottom line. It doesn't come out of my bottom line. I'm not fucking going to go out of your way. Like, it's just like the customer is always an asshole. And then when you deal with them, like on a, like a even higher level, like a business to business level, it's like, where the fuck do you guys get off thinking that like you're going to go and just fucking do whatever the hell you want. I'm going to pay for it on the back end. Like no fucking chance that's going to happen. And like, I've been doing this job long enough now where I'm not like a pushover. Like I just stand my ground. Like, no, I'm not doing it. You know, fucking deal with somebody else if that's what's, what's going to happen here. But anyways, that was, that was just me rambling and ranting. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, I think I've, I've seen both sides of it, like in terms of like watching Trevor and Aaron open a liquor store as right. 30 and 28 year olds, you know what I mean? It was like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think where they were getting more screwed from their reps was like, you know, kind of them like trying to take advantage of some, some kids that didn't really th- think they knew sure. what was going on, but Always in reality... Happened they're they're you know 
they're they're being coached by you know a convenience store genius right you know in their you know dad from behind the scenes so it's like you know and also they're just bright kids as it is you know what i mean it's just like just like you know you're a bright individual and, and as am i it's like we, you and i know that we can respect you know those kind of people but like sure. someone that's older and like like no offense like you know like you're a young, you're a young guy but i don't know if you'll be doing your job right now when you're in your 50s you know as like no way i'm gonna be so fucking rich by then there's no chance right no no and that's what i mean so what i i felt more was like you know some envy it's like you know here these kids are sure cutting cutting big dollar checks and you know calling shots and it's like you know it's like well here you got some old you know old liquor salesmen that are like whatever you know maybe aren't completely thrilled with where they are and then it's just like oh how can i hose these guys sort of or oh let me no, let me there to send- I'll, I'll talk you right through the psychology of it there's a lot of salespeople that get that think so short term and it's and it's a it's a it's a part of life more than it is just this job but they people think so short term they don't think about the long-term effects of what they're doing right so like it's a very common practice that like when you you start calling on somebody that just buys or just opens a liquor store that has no history in the business, right? Like those people are, and, and I don't mean this, not that I don't think any of my accounts listen to this podcast, but even if they do, like it is very easy to take advantage of those people because I can say something like a product that I sell that I have a quota on, or I have a bonus program on or whatever, and be like, Hey, this wine is selling like crazy in your area. You know, I just sold the guy down the street, 15 cases. Like you should put a 20 case stack on the floor and charge a dollar less than what he's charging. And like, it's very self-serving, right? It's like, I'm trying to either make a bonus program or hit my quota or whatever. And this happens constantly, happens all the fucking time. But like, I don't sell that way. Like I'm trying to be as honest with my accounts as possible because like what I just said, I've been calling on those people for five years you're going to have, hopefully, God willing, they survive. You're going to have a long-term relationship with those people. It will do you much better in the long run to be straight with them than it will to lie to them. And then when the two years after they open the store, they're looking at 19 of the 20 cases they bought from you. And they're like, that motherfucker fucked us on this. Like, they're not going to give you any more business. They're not going to give you a new business. They're just going to give you the business they've always given you. So like, most salespeople, especially in this game, like don't think long-term because this isn't a cold calling business. This is, I have relationships with my accounts. I'm going to have relationships with my accounts. Um, but most people don't think that way. Yeah. And it's a shame because if they did, they'd be better off, you know, but that's the world we live in, dude. You're right. Um, um well, that's yeah, about dude. 45 minutes. I think we're closer to 50, but who the hell cares? Um, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, the podcast is going to be available if you're listening now. Not that this will really matter to you probably, but uh, we are going to be on Amazon and um, what was the other one? Shit. It was Amazon like a bundle. And one, uh, Audible. Oh, Amazon and Audible. Audible. Yeah. And yeah, then we actually, I don't know if you saw, we got an email from uh, from a guy about putting our podcast on another network. Um that I had never heard of. And I 
read the email quickly, but I'll have to go back on. Anyway, subscribe, rate, review. If you want to listen uh, we're to going, Amazon. We're, we're going to the moon. So, I mean, just hop on I mean, board now. We got people emailing hey, us trying a, to get us. We got a one-way spaceship ticket to the moon right now. and uh, We got just people trying to woo left, us. So. Um, but for now, uh, hey, also some some exciting news. Hopefully, with the uh, the DPS, the Dan Patrick Show. Hopefully, we're gonna. Uh, oh right, yeah. I I don't think anybody will be able to vote, but we uh, we're entering the Sunday Conversation podcast into a podcast competition, uh, being voted on by Dan Patrick as well as a couple other people from uh, iHeartRadio podcasts. Oh, actually, I gotta get to work on that before the end of the month, but. Exciting times for the Sunday Conversation podcast as we grow. Those of you that those of you that still listen, thanks for sticking around. We appreciate you, Benny. I appreciate you. Love you, buddy. Good talk. Love you, dude. Always.